This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today, I'm here to talk to you about the fact that there is no target in Middle Earth. In your original fantasy or science fiction setting, everything the characters own or interact with has to come from somewhere, from food and drink to durable goods. Let's talk about how to build a believable material culture for your world. These notes come from the titular panel at Virtual Balticon 54 with the panelists E.C. Ambrose as moderator, Gail Z. Martin, Roberta Rogau, James Stratton, and Beth Tanner. So first up, let's talk about how people get this wrong. That's, that's my buzzer noise. Some of the biggest pet peeves that keep cropping up in fantasy novels. Let's talk about pet peeves about fantasy logic. First, horses are not cars. Horses are not like cheap cars. They are both expensive to buy and to maintain. Okay, cheap cars are expensive to maintain. But in a world with horses, you are traveling the paths that exist not a highway. So where did this road come from? Who put it there? And where were they trying to get? Secondly, space and time have set values. They're kind of defined already. So especially in like alternate history where, you know, you're in an alternate Italy or whatever, um, or Ireland or Japan or where have you. Um, how long does it realistically take to travel from point A to point B? And does that have some relation with how fast it takes the news to get from point A to point B? In history, it often depended on both who you were and where you lived when news would get to you. Think about Napoleonic couriers, homing pigeons, ravens, and beacons. If you lived near their home base, you'd be far better informed faster than many people betwixt and between the location where the news happened and where the news traveled. Third pet peeve, stew is not portable. Nope, still not portable. I mean, maybe if you happen to be at a river and you can get the water and you throw in some chunks of jerky and maybe some like, I don't know, some edible thing on the edge of the but it's, it's not portable. It, it really isn't. Liquid is heavy. You don't want to carry more of it than you need to, and you need a lot of water or ale, whoever you are. Fourth pet peeve, clothes are finite, especially in more historical type fantasies. Throughout history, a lot of people only had one spare set of clothing and very little coin money. Most things were done by bartering. Fifth pet peeve, wild country is rare in settled countries. Those wild prairies or moors probably had something grazing on it with a goat herder or 20. Carpenters and loggers are in those woods. People gathering medicinal herbs because you made your own Tylenol based on family recipes. Open, open land outside of cities and towns weren't deserted. They were farms feeding those towns unless 
You couldn't make a living off it. There is not much land up for grabs that someone doesn't try to make some sort of living off of unless there's a reason. So there's a plot point for you. And sixth, this one, you know, some fabrics are worth more than others. In The Hobbit, Bilbo's robe is this beautiful patchwork robe with a wide variety of expensive silks from far away. Um, my note, like if his family or he were tailors and these were the offcuts, maybe at least, but you gotta have a reason, you got to. So let's talk about how to set up an economy that works. Here are some things just to keep in mind. First off, what things are available in stores and what things do you want to be given, inherited, or earned? Um, you know, a lot of video games, you know, you go to the local barkeep and you can buy a sword. That doesn't happen in re reality, typically. Um, so also, how good you looked? might not be so much genetics as dependent upon family sewing skills or the ability to pay someone with those skills. Plus, you were often limited to the cloth that was available in your region and the colors and the dyes, what fruit grows there, what berries, you know. Coinage. Do they have people on them or gods or something else? Can you tell how old the coin was because of style changes with hair and beards and things? Are they a consistent size, weight, or material? Or are they mixed? Do you gotta weigh the coin every time you use it? Um, another tip for building this economic world is to show the different classes. There usually isn't going to be a single economic class, even if they pretend there is. First off, someone is usually in charge, and that comes with some perks. Um, but you can show things just world building through reactions of both your main characters and your secondary characters. If someone is shocked at all the silverware, that tells us something about them. If someone does something weird, it can be, oh, that's what coastal people do. Our characters nibbling on the fruit display, that tells us something about them. So the very best of science fiction and fantasy showcases different cultures and hint at where they came from without info dumping on us. They display the different economic systems and how that affects what the people within those systems value. So between our panelists and the people in the audience, we were given a nice selection of examples of good fantasy economics. First up was Loic, Lois McMaster Bujold's Vorkosigan series, of which I'm a huge fan, um, Hugo Award-winning series, blah, blah, blah. Catherine Kurtz's uh, Dearney series. I Everybody pronounces all of these differently, so if I pronounced it wrong for you, Enjoy your pronunciation, they're fantasy. Uh, Fran Wilde's Bone Universe series with Updraft, I think is the first one. Uh, Juliet Wade's Mazes of Power, and she also has a world building blog at her name, Juliet with a J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, Wade, W-A-D-E. 
Um, and Guy Gavrielle Kay's work often has massive worlds building. Now, inconsistencies with your world's economy, while sounding like the most boring lecture, can make or break the story for many of your readers. Be sure to think through the implications of where your material items came from and how they got to be there, and you'll be well on your way to creating a functioning fantasy world. And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye-bye.